High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. You know, the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's so wonderful whenever we're able to gather together and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. How many of you sense the presence of the Lord this morning as we're worshiping? We're making these declarations as for me and my house. Uh, we're going to serve him. Amen. Praise God. Uh, and also, like Pastor Joshua, just want to recognize some really wonderful ladies. First of all, I will recognize my mother. Mama, stand up so everybody can see you. This is my, she's been like a mother to me my entire life. Praise the Lord. And uh, she was young when she had me, but praise the Lord, I'm so thankful for my mother. I'm so thankful that she taught me the way of the Lord, and I'm glad that she made me behave. I have some wonderful stories <laughs> that involve a hairbrush, if anybody cared to uh, hear that. I think that's where some, the Larry song came from, a Where Is My Hairbrush? Yeah, Where Is My Hairbrush, yes. But uh, anyway, that's, she doesn't like me to share that, so I won't share that on Mother's Day. But nonetheless, uh, I love my mother, and I appreciate her so much. It's uh, also that he's not a mom, but it's good to have my brother here, Andy. He surprised she, her. Yes, surprised. You can bring our so volume down just a little bit. So she was balling up here on the front row this morning because he snuck in and surprised her. Yeah. Yes. I know, y'all, don't, don't give him all that credit. Uh, <laughs> But uh, all, and of course, I want to especially honor my beautiful wife, Stacy. Amen. The mother of our three children. Y'all go ahead and give her a big praise, God. She's she really deserves it. We appreciate her. I appreciate her so much. And. Uh, for you that uh, don't know, uh, we do have, most of you do, but for you that don't we know that we have three children, obviously Pastor Joshua is our oldest son, but then we have two other children, of course Pastor Micah uh, in Crestview, uh, by the way, High Praise Crestview is just doing absolutely awesome. Amen. It has been incredible what is going on right now in Crestview, the church is growing. Uh, they need a new building. Everybody believe with Ooh, us for a new yes, building for amen. them. And, uh, and something may have opened up. We don't know. We're checking some things out. But there may be a facility that uh, is not far from them uh, that has uh, possibly come available. Y'all believe with us that the Lord will give us wisdom yes. and that God will give us favor with the owners of Amen. that facility. We think that this could be something very positive and would uh, literally double their space. And uh, they need it really bad right now. They are averaging, this is the average, they're averaging over 150 people every week right now in Crestview. Amen. Those are real numbers and they just don't have space, they need space. And so, and they're doing an absolutely tremendous job and we're thankful for that. Uh, he's serving the Lord, as uh, you probably realize, but also our daughter, Kayla. Uh, she is down in Orlando, and there are uh, actually uh, Pastor Kelvin is on staff there at a church called City Church. And as a matter of fact, uh, we were there uh, at the end of this at the end of this week, yeah. and actually got to tour. He took us on a tour of their facility, and uh, it is a spirit-filled church, Amen. and they're involved heavily there. Uh, really got plugged in, and the pastor even told uh, Kayla, our daughter, said, "I wish I." 
I could clone you. And uh, what a wonderful testimony to her, and what a wonderful testimony to a wonderful mother who raised her uh, in the way of the Lord. And uh, a joint effort. It's a joint effort. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got some stories. And, uh, which Pastor Stacey has been working on a book, just so y'all know. And it is, we're getting closer to completion. We're still a little bit of ways, but we, we're getting closer. Y'all just got to pray for me to have the want to write. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but she's she's doing good, and there's going to be a lot of stories. Uh, this it's going to be story written uh, and really story driven. The book will be uh, just our life together and things that we've learned, principles that we've implemented within our life. Because I will tell you this much: godly kids aren't something that accidentally happens. Right. Did you know that? You have to be deliberate about what you're doing. And uh, we were the entire times we declared over our children before they were even born while they were still inside of her. We, I'd lay my hands upon them and I'd speak the word of God over them, speak the promise of God, speak what God had said. How many know it's important? We don't need to wait till the kids grow up and all right, of a sudden right. we'll start praying for them and believe in God for destiny and purpose to be fulfilled within their lives. But you have to start even whenever, uh, before they even get out. Right. Are y'all understanding what I mean by that? Before they're actually born, you start declaring the word of the Lord. And then I tell you, God is faithful. Uh, this morning, I will tell you, you are really in for a treat. Uh, Pastor Stacy has a wonderful message she's going to be sharing. We're going to be really sharing this together. But she's got the bulk of the message that she's going to be sharing today. And uh, I know it's going to be a blessing to you. Uh, and, um, and how many know it's important for women to believe the word? of the Lord to Amen. believe the Amen. Word of God uh, and understand that this message today isn't merely one for mothers, but it's for everybody and uh, it's for all, every lady and uh, everybody can be, uh, begin to relate to this. Praise right, the Lord. Right, right. And we are here to honor mothers today, but as Pastor Robert said, this message is not just a message for mothers. It's a message, it's a message for us all. It's a message, you know, not, we're not just women of faith women or women who believe, but we're Believers who believe, we're, we're men who believe, kids who believe, and women who believe. So this, I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of times they dread Mother's Day because maybe they didn't have the best upkeep, uh, the best mother, or maybe they dread it because they don't have children, never been able to conceive children. But let me encourage you today. Mother's Day is not about you. Yeah. Mother's Day is not about me. Mother's Day is about your mother. Yeah. The woman who birthed you. And it may not have been the best situation, but you know what? She did one thing. She gave you life. Yes. She gave you the, the, uh, the ability to influence others. She gave you your very, the breath in your body. Well, we know the Lord gave you that. But, you know, you're here today because of your mother. So, again, it's not about you. So, don't, I, I want to encourage you, don't get all caught up in yourself and caught up in, in how you were raised or what happened to you as a child. But just realize you can be a woman of faith. You can be a man of faith. No matter what your circumstances were, no matter what your situations were in the past, you have to be a person of faith. Amen. So it's, again, it's not about you. It's not even about me. Although we honor our mothers, it's not about us. It's not about us individually and the feelings that we have or the hurt that we have. We have to let go of all of that or else we can't be people of faith. If we're holding grudges, if we're holding on to bad memories, and if we're letting those things drive us in life, we'll be driven the wrong way and we'll influence the wrong way. You can't be a person of influence while you're 
meditating on negativity, while you're meditating on hurt, you can't be a person of influence if all you're doing is rehearsing the bad and you're just, everything is, you know, negative. You can't change people's lives that way. You'll change their lives, but you'll change them to be just like you. Hurt, negative, always heavy. So we have to be those people who want to encourage and want to lift up. We have to forget the past and we have to press toward the future. Amen? Amen. So I just want to share just real quickly today, in 1 Timothy 1.5, it says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, I am persuaded that it is, that it is in you also. And Paul is specifically talking about Timothy's faith here. And obviously Timothy was influenced by his mother and his grandmother. That's what the Bible tells us, right? That's what Paul said, that Timothy, when I call to remembrance the faith of your mother and the faith of your grandmother, I know that same faith is in you. I know you influence them the same way. And I want that to be the testimony that I have. I want them to say, Joshua, because of the faith of your grandmother and because of the faith of your mother, I know that same faith is in you. I know. I want it to be in Josiah. I want it to be in my grandchildren and my and my children and my great-grandchildren. I want it to be to live on for generations to come. Yeah. But the only way we can do that is to be women of faith, to stand in the face of adversity, to stand when things don't look like they're going the best and things are negative and things aren't happening the way we thought they were going to happen. We have to stand. We have to stand in the face of it and say, I'm going to be a woman of faith. I don't care. Come, come hell or high water. God's going to see me through this. We're going to get through to the other end and I'm going to change this situation. It's going to turn around because my God is faithful. My God is able and my God is willing. We're not going to be held back. The enemy's not going to have his way. Some of you, we talk, we prayed for prodigals. Pastor Joshua prayed for prodigals today. You know what? You all have that same uh, uh, faith. You, you all have to have that same faith that your prodigals are going to come around. You know, the situation with my brother. I'm getting ahead of myself, aren't I? Okay. <laughs> I'm... Um, let me, let me just back up. I'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, we have to teach by precept and example. And I said, I want to be the same influence that on my children and my grandchildren that Paul talks about Timothy's grandmother and grandparents were, or mother was. I had a grandmother who, y'all don't hear a lot of my stories, but I had a grandmother who was a very godly woman. Mr. Bruce and Miss Janet know that very well. They, I've known them since I was probably eight years old. Eight years old. They rented from my grandparents. My my grandmother was who said that little? <laughs> Bruce is that old. Actually, he seemed really old then. Now we're about, you know, when you get older, you get closer. <laughs> but they rented from my grandparents for a long time. She was sitting in her swing. She was a praying woman. I'm telling you, she went to church. She was a praying woman. I remember sitting in church with my grandmother. My grandmother was a big lady. And, um, you know, you just could snuggle up to her and you just felt so comfortable and so safe. But I remember sitting in church with her. My mom didn't, my mom and dad didn't always attend church. And, but she made sure that we were there. She would drop us off. We would go to Sunday school. We would go to church. And I would sit with my grandmother a lot of times. Now, my mom and dad went some, but not regularly. But, but again, she made sure we were there, which I'm thankful for that. And she does, well, praise the Lord. Our grandmothers knew each other. And our grandmothers knew each other. Yes, yes. And they, once, once we started dating, yeah. 
they would call and, you know, have bragging wars. So it was kind of funny, but you know. Anyway, so my grandmother, I remember sitting next to her in church. I remember her praying. I remember her singing. I remember her worshiping. And I remember thinking, I, I just, I felt so safe and so loved. And that example that she was setting for me was something that I wanted for my life. And it's funny that in, I would go on to marry somebody who was in music ministry and all of that. But that was my favorite time of the week. I remember walking with her from her car when she would pick us up and take us to church. I remember walking up the stairs of the church at First Assembly, the old First Assembly on East Avenue. No, not East Avenue, on Third Street. I knew y'all would know. Third Street. And I remember walking up those big stairs and going to church with her and her just talking to me and encouraging me and just pouring into me even as a, a, little, a little one. But there was a situation whenever I was little I was just a little over a year old, and um, I had to call my mom last night. I've heard the story my whole life, but I've never really heard the details. But whenever I was a year old, I had measles three times, back to back to back. I almost died. My mom said it was touch and go at one point. So my grandmother, being a woman of faith, called the pastor, and she said, Brother Miller, she said, Brother Miller, I need somebody to come pray for my granddaughter. She's sick, and it's not looking real well. So um, he sent the associate pastor. Well, I didn't get better. I just, I remained sick. My grandmother called back. She said, Brother Miller, I don't ask for a lot, but I'm telling you this right now. I called you and I asked you to come pray for this little girl. And I expect you to come pray for my granddaughter. Well, he showed up and I got better. The Lord met her at her point of faith. And even then, she was sowing into me. She was being an example because I, although I was too little to know it, I've heard the story my whole life. And I realized what a woman of faith she was. And I wanted to be that. And then we were faced with that situation with Josiah whenever he was born. He was, he was not breathing. I was in the room. You've all heard the story, many of you. He was gray. And you know what? All we could do was believe God. And I had heard the story. We rehearsed the story over and over. And, you know, he's the same God for me that he was for my grandmother. Yeah. He's the same God for you yeah. that he'll be for me. Yes. Yes. All you have to do is believe. Yes. You just have to believe. Yes. You have to believe. Amen. Amen. You can jump in if you want to jump in. You said you wanted to at some point. You're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> So we as mothers have to example, and as grandmothers, you know, I think daily I have to, I have to, my kids are grown, but I can't stop exampling who Christ is and what he is and what he can do and who he can be in, in, in their lives. Not only are my grandkids watching, we've got a whole church watching. Right. We've got people online watching. Right. We've got, we, we have to be, and you have your spheres of influence. You have your places of influence. People are watching you. Yeah, you don't have a platform. You don't have a pulpit, but you do. Wherever you're at, you have a platform and you have a pulpit to preach by example every day. Now, you may not be able to share the Bible, the literal word. You may not be able to get up and preach, but by the way you live, the way you live can say Jesus to someone. Showing up and ministering to these kids who are doing, who are, who are in their drama club, presenting a piece, showing up and saying, you love them. You want to be Jesus to them. You want to show them how the Father loves them by just being present. 
Amen. 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 There's things that you can do in your life. Yeah, and just like uh, Pastor Stacy had a wonderful grandmother, I also had yes. a wonderful grandmother. Right. That, that she lived with us down. until I was actually seven years old. Right. But whenever I was little, of course, I, uh, she used to hold me, and of right. course, I heard about the, I heard this story uh, later on. But she would actually hold me in her lap and, and begin to say. You know, a lot of things that people used to do many, many years ago, they didn't have the uh, full understanding of right. a way to define what they were doing, but many times they were prophesied. That's right. And they didn't even realize it. Right. And my grandmother would actually hold me and begin to say, he's called to ministry. Yeah. He's going to preach. And uh, I, it's re really interesting because whenever I was 12 years old, I remember... Uh, the church we were going to, is, I was around 11 years old, 12 years old, maybe a little bit younger, somewhere around that uh, time frame. And I remember being on Transmitter Road, and we were going to church, and my mother was driving the car, which um, usually that was rare, but nonetheless. Uh, <laughs> Still is but, in our but, house. But she was driving, and I remember saying to my mother, I said, I said, Mama, there's one thing that I never want to do, and I never want to be a preacher. And I'm thinking, but how many of you know that the word that was being spoken, the word that was being prophesied, the word that was being declared over my life, even while I was an infant, that that word has power. Amen. And that word was a seed that got down on the inside of me. Now, the same grandmother wanted to throw my brother in the garbage can, but praise the Lord anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to know God uses everybody. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. But the, but the reality is, you know, Listen, our grandmothers. We, love Andy. we just like to harass him. <laughs> you know, our grandmothers taught us the word. Our grandmothers, our grandfathers, both of my grandfathers were really non-existent within our life, uh, within my life. Yeah. But you know what? I had grandmothers that were there. I had grandmothers that were in church. I had grandmothers that were faithful. I had grandmothers who expressed their faith. And I was thinking right. when Pastor Stacy was sharing about the time when she had the measles, you know, we were brought up in church to where if there's something that was wrong with you and you That's were right. sick, the first place you went was to church. That's right. I don't know if anybody else is brought up that way. But, you know, before you go to a doctor, before, and, and thank God for doctors. We appreciate doctors. We have doctors in our, in our church. But, you know, most of the time, uh, whenever we were growing up, if you were sick, you didn't reach for the medicine cabinet. You know what? We're going to call somebody and we're going to pray. We're going to get you on the prayer chain. Anybody yep. remember the prayer chains that I'll were going on? Heaven. Yeah, we can get you on the <laughs> prayer chain. And if you were sick, you didn't lay out of church. You went and you had the elders lay hands on you. That's the way that we operated. And you know what? I'm so thankful that we learned the prayer of faith Amen. will save the sick yes. and the Lord will raise him up. Amen. And anytime that I was, you know, which was very rare, but if I had something wrong, you know, mom and dad just packed me up in the car and said, we're going to church. Yeah. And we got people today that they'll lay out if they have a hangnail. But, you know, but, but I thank God that I was taught principles of faith, not so much even my precepts, but definitely by example, example. it's the way that we were brought up. And that came from our mothers and our grandmothers, and we are so thankful for our mothers and our grandmothers. Yes, you know, yes. Mark eleven twenty two says this. I know it's a very familiar passage of Scripture, but Mark eleven twenty two says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Uh, the, the, the literal Greek actually says, have the faith of God. In other words, let your faith be just like God's faith. You're able to operate in faith just like God operated in faith. Just the same faith that God used to create the world that we live in is the same faith that can Amen. operate through you. That's right. And by the way, I want you to know it's not just a faith that operates through men. It operates through women. Amen. Amen. I mean, no faith can operate by, uh, through whosoever. Amen. Amen. And Jesus says this, the next verse, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever... 
says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Whatever. And this, verse 24, and this is what we have termed as the prayer of faith. It's found right here in Mark 11, 24. Again, many of you are familiar with this. This is a principle we learned many, many years ago, back in the late 70s, early right. 80s. We really grabbed hold of this. And it says, so therefore, I say to you, whatever things, whatsoever things you desire, the uh, New King James used the word ask, but whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. And what does it say? You, you shall, shall have, have them. them. Amen? Amen? How many of you believe that Jesus said what he meant and he meant exactly yes. what he said? Do you believe that today? And he lays out here the principles of what we call the prayer of faith. And these are the principles that we have enacted Amen. within our lives. They've been active, you know, whenever we were in our late teens, we really learned about this, grabbed hold of it. And when we got married, let me tell you what, we had to operate and function with the prayer of faith because there was so many times, and I know that many of you have been in those situations where you felt like your back was against the wall. Anybody ever been there? Felt like your back is against the wall and there's nothing that you can do. There's no way out of the situation. But I want you to hear this. If you will begin to practice these principles right here, there's four different things that we see that Jesus yep. specifically says here. And I'll tell you, if you'll do it, it'll work for you the same way that it's worked for us. Amen. Because it's worked in some life and death situations. Our yeah. daughter being one of them, special says she's going to share some things just about that from her perspective in just a moment. But you know what? The prayer of faith works. Amen. You know what? Listen, ladies, you can be women who use the prayer of faith. Amen. And regardless of what you encounter, the regardless of the adversity that you may face, understand this. God will always respond to the prayer of faith. Yes, he God will. God will always respond. Listen, God he doesn't respond to. to begging. He responds right. to faith. Right. God doesn't respond to tears. He responds to faith. Amen. God doesn't respond to emotion. He doesn't even respond to volume. He responds to your faith that begins to be expressed out of your heart. Amen. Amen. We've had to walk through several situations, as Pastor Robert talked about, you know, and we've enacted these principles throughout our entire life, throughout our entire marriage. And we've seen God move powerfully. I mentioned Josiah earlier. You know, we saw that. We saw him move and re literally resurrect Josiah from the dead. Yes. The boy was blue. He wasn't breathing. He had no life. Um, Holly, Holly um, Brown was his uh, respiratory, one of the respiratory nurses in there. And I remember looking at the table and them giving him chest compressions. I remember looking at Pastor Joshua and saying, don't look. And he looked at me. He said, it's too late. And I was texting Pastor Robert. I said, we need him to breathe. My phone dinged. And many of you know the story. My phone dinged. He breathed and let out this wet little faint cry. They picked him up. They literally picked him up from the table and ran with him to the NICU. They didn't push his cart. They didn't take anything with them. They took him. And uh, we saw God resurrect him because of faith. Pastor Robert, one of the things he said, he said, God's not going to steal my, my seed. He can't steal, the devil's not going to steal my seed. I'm sorry. The devil's not going to steal my seed. He's not going to steal my firstborn. I'm a tither. And did you know if you tithe, the, the, the Bible says that God rebukes the devourer for your sake? And you can put, you can, that'll, you can take that to the bank because if he said it, it he means it. Right. He will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Whatever the situation is, whether it's a, whether it's a lost child, whether it's a, a, a needing the dead raised, whether it's you need your 
pocketbook raised from the dead, whatever it is you need, he will do it for you if you'll believe, if you'll have faith, because he can't lie. His word can't lie. We saw, you know, you've heard us tell the story of my brother, lost, 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 lost. I remember I went to, Cal for those of you who don't know, I went to Callaway Ele Elementary School across the street, and I remember my brother. I was his favorite. I have two other, I have a sister and another younger brother. My sister's older, and I've, so I'm the third. Brother, sister, me, brother. So, um, and I remember I was always his favorite, and I remember St. Patrick's Day one day. This is kind of a little just pig, pig trail about my brother, but I didn't wear green to school, so he gave me green gum. And he said, you keep this in your mouth all day long. <laughs> he was six years older than me, five years older than me, something like that. Um, he said, you keep this in your mouth. Anybody touches you, anybody touches you, you let me know and I'll take care of them. He was in fifth grade. I'll take care of them. I was in first grade. And let me tell you, that's the same way the father is about you. He's that way about you. The enemy tries to attack you. You rise up in faith and kick back because God will fight for you, amen? But anyway, my brother was lost as lost could be. You know, I remember one time in his life, he said he felt called to ministry and then he got caught up in all this other stuff. He was in a homosexual lifestyle. He was an alcoholic. He, I don't know if he did drugs or not. He says he didn't, but uh, you know, I don't know. I think probably he did. You know, he was lost. He was going to hell as fast as hell could take him there. And God spared his life many times. I remember him driving to church with us on, every time we would pick him up and take him to church, he would say, everybody I know is dead. All my friends are dead, but God spared my life. God has spared my life for this time. And it was an Easter Sunday, Easter? Yeah, it was Easter Sunday. And my nephew called me and said, hey, um, my dad's in town, will you reach out to him? And I said, sure. So I called him. He had AIDS, by the way, also. He had had it for, since I was pregnant with Kayla. And that's when we found out. But um, he said, sure. Uh, I mean, I said, sure, I'll call him. So I called him. He said, hey, sis, how you doing? I said, good. You know, I hadn't seen him in years because he had been estranged from the family. And he, I said, buddy, are you going to church anywhere tomorrow? And he said, I'm going somewhere. I don't know where. I said, well, will you come with me? He said, absolutely. So we went and Bruce went and picked him up for me. And he sat right here on the front row with his hands raised, tears streaming down his face, gave his heart to the Lord. You know, God resurrected him from a life of death, yes. Yes. spiritual death. And if he'll do it for my brother, you know what? He'll do it for your loved one. He'll do it for your friend. It doesn't even have to be somebody that's related to you. He'll do it for your friend. He'll do it for your husband. He'll do it for your grandma. He'll do it for whoever, because that's his heart. All you have to do is believe. I wouldn't give up. I didn't give in. Pastor Robert said on numerous occasions, listen, your brother's going to hell. There is no hope for him. I did. He had no faith. I did. He said, listen, he's gone past the point of no return. He ain't coming back. He's gone. And I said, I'm still going to believe. I'm still going to believe. Yeah. I can't give up hope because I know God can turn things around. And if he can turn my brother around, he can turn your situation around. He can turn your circumstance around. Amen. So we, we've seen, Oh, this pulpit goes fast. So we've seen God do things in our lives. We've seen major things happen in our lives. You know, we're not just because we're preachers doesn't mean we float around our ministers. We float around on clouds and we live in a perfect world. Life happens, things happen, and we have to uh, overcome. You know, the Bible says that whatsoever things we desire, 
And you know, faith begins with desire. We have to desire the things. We have to have a God desire. And um, there's nothing wrong with having a desire. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the very desires of your heart. So desire is not bad. Desire is not a bad thing. It's a God thing. And you have to have a desire. Amen. I, this, you've heard us tell the story of Kayla. I know Pastor Robert said I have 10 minutes, so I'm going to hurry. You've heard us tell the story of, of our daughter Kayla. I had a desire to have another child, and um, I felt like it was a God desire. You know, maybe mama desire. I felt like it was a God desire. He was like, mm, you know, money. Money's tight. We were working at Christian International. He was making $800 a month. I went back to work at the bank. We had a couple little girls to watch uh, Pastor Joshua. Well, Joshua. He was two years old. Thank God he was potty trained. We didn't have diapers. Whew. That saved us a lot. Uh, but um, so we, um, we had... I'm, I'm lost now. I forgot about the diaper thing. But anyway, we were going to see, I was working at the bank. Um, and uh, you've heard the story, many of you, in February of 1988, we were ordained and we got several prophetic words about having a daughter and with a very effervescent personality. And if you know Kayla, that's Kayla. We, uh, we had the word about her being a dancer in the house of the Lord. And if you know Kayla, that's Kayla. And um, we had several different words that were just pinpoint spot on of who she became as a woman. But, um, you know, I had the desire, he didn't have the desire. So we went into, um, that gets to my next point. Yeah, yeah, your desire was different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though we were only making, like I think I was making $600 a month, he was making $800 a month. You know, we couldn't let the desire, I couldn't let the desire go because I felt like it was a God desire, like I said, and, and I'd heard the word. I had heard the word and I knew that there was, this was going to be okay. But he, on the other hand, wasn't sure. So, um, you know, even, I'm going to skip that part. Praise the Lord. So the desire, you have the desire, but then you have to pray. Bible says you have to pray. Amen. What's everything you desire when you pray? So you have to ask God. You can't just daydream all the time like you did when you were in first grade dreaming about your husband like I did you know you just can't daydream all day long you have to pray and ask God you know for what you're desiring and so I began to ask God God is this you is this really your will for our lives right now is this where we need to be at the moment I, I know things are tight I'm working a job things are not necessarily you know we're not really set up for this right now in life. We were doing conferences every six weeks and the conferences were forever. You know, it was, we were busy. We were busy and we were broke. Busy and broke. That's a great combination to have another child, right? No time and no money. And I wanted a baby. And he wasn't on the same page. He saw dollar signs. He saw work. He saw sleepless nights. And it was already hard. It was already difficult. But we went to a conference in March of 1988. And in the conferences, we would do what we call one-on-one um, -on -one activation. So we would just pray for someone, minister a word to someone. We would never put thus saith the Lord or anything like that. We just pray and give someone an encouraging word. So I said, Lord, we're going into this conference. I heard you in February and that's still my desire. I, wanted, I want another child. And so we went into the conference and I said, Lord, if it's you, just confirm it. 
somehow, some way, confirm it to me. And so during the conference, we had three one-on-one -on -one sharings, not one time, not one congregational prophecy. I didn't go begging, I didn't go seeking, I didn't go looking. But all three times, Pastor Robert got a word about another child, and I know y'all have heard that story. All three times, not one, not two, not three, God knew who needed convincing. <laughs> the holdup. Yeah. So my desire was from God. Yeah. He was the holdup on the desire yeah. and on the blessing that God wanted to bring. Yeah. You know, one of the things straight. that we have to realize is sometimes the way that God answers your prayer may be different than the way that yes. you envision it. That's right. And, uh, you know, you think, well, the Lord's going to show me, going to speak to me, going to tell me. But yet the Lord knows exactly what needs to happen yes. in order to answer the prayer and to bring the fulfillment of what he has promised within your life. Right. And so, you know what, you have to take off the limits in your mind yes. as to how God is going to do it. And just let God be God yes, in your life. Let him take care let of him it. do it because he always has the best way. Yeah, so we all laughed about that. We all thought that was the funniest thing, you know, because all the staff knew. And um, so we all got a laugh out of him and the three words that he got. But then we had to begin to believe for the word to come to pass. Right. You know, you can, you can pray. Um, I mean, you can have a desire, you can pray, but then there's the believing part of it. You have to begin to believe that what God said and the very desire that you have will come to pass. Amen. So we found out that, um, that I was pregnant in the end of, sometime in April, we found out I was pregnant. And very end of March, first part of April, we found out I was pregnant. And I um, began to bleed very, very heavily. And I had had a miscarriage before I had Pastor Joshua. So I knew what a miscarriage was like. And I knew the pain of a miscarriage. I knew, um, but I remembered the word that was spoken. We'll have a daughter. And even one of the words that he got during the one-on-one -on -one conference was, I see a daughter and I see a daughter before the end of the year, which we encourage you not to put dates and times on things. So let me just throw that in. <laughs> but this person did. They were bold and they said, I see a daughter and I see, a, I see a baby and I see a baby before the end of this year. Well, this is March, April. Uh, this was March. And so I was pregnant, but I began to bleed. And I began to bleed extremely heavy, extremely heavy to the point where it was like a normal menstrual cycle. And I... Uh, went to the doctor and they said uh, they couldn't find a heartbeat and of course fear tries to grip your heart at that time and you think not again not again I don't want to go through this again and um, so they sent me to do a sonogram the one where you, you ladies don't uh, you young mamas don't even know now where you have to drink 30 gallons of water and then you older ladies remember that you had to drink 30 gallons of water and then wait wait and wait you understand what that means? You had to wait. <laughs> and um, because <laughs> overshare, I do that a lot though. But anyways, you had to wait. And so I went back for the sonogram and they did the sonogram. And I, I could see, I knew what was going on. But I asked the tech, I said, what do you see? She said, I'm not allowed to tell you. And I knew there was no heartbeat. So I went back to the doctor and the doctor said, you have what we call a blighted ovum where conception took place, but it died in the womb. It, so there's no life, there's no anything. We need to do a DNC. Well, I'd had a DNC before. I knew what that meant. I had been through that process. And I called Pastor Robert. My mom was with me and I called Pastor Robert. And I, said, I was crying uh, again because I'd been through it. And, I, and it was textbook exact, you know. 
And I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what he said. We're not going to do anything. We're going to believe. You had a desire. We've prayed. And now it's time to believe. We're going to stand and we're going to believe. We're going to declare the word of the Lord. We're going to speak life to your womb. And we're going to see God turn things around. Six weeks. Well, I went back and forth to the doctor. But during this process, I would... you have. You have to understand, every day I was dealing with this. Every day I was seeing this. Every day, it wasn't like, oh, well. You know, I was dealing with the symptoms of it every single day. I was working at the bank, and there were days I had to just hide behind my, literally in my little cubicle at the bank. I was a teller. I would squat down, and I would just sob and sob and sob. I would have to call him. I need some agreement. I need some prayer. This is hard. And I would press through. I did that for about six weeks, probably six weeks. I would go to the doctor and he would say, listen, (laughs) he basically looked at me and said, you are crazy lady. Why are you doing this to yourself? He didn't use those words, but that's what he meant. Why are you doing this to yourself? You're going to harm yourself if you don't go get a DNC. And I'd have to walk out of there and go, I'm going to believe. I'm going to continue to believe. I'm going to continue to believe. I don't care what the situation looks like. I don't care what my body is saying right now. I'm going to continue to believe. We're going to persevere. And within six weeks, I stopped bleeding. I went back to the doctor. He did the heart monitor, and there was a heartbeat. And then Kayla was born December 6th of 1988. Now, remember the word was, I see a baby, and I see a baby before the end of the year. She wasn't premature. God resurrected her in my womb. God resurrected her in my womb. I went six weeks without a heartbeat. They saw the baby. They saw no heartbeat. Probably longer than that, uh, really, because from the time I just found out, God resurrected her. God is a God of resurrections. Whatever you need, he can resurrect for you. Whatever you need, he can create for you. He's a creative God. He can make it happen. Because he's a God that loves you. All you have to do, desire, pray, believe. Amen? And then you'll have it. it. We had our daughter, December 6, 1988. Oh, Lord, before she could even even, uh, walk good. I had a dream whenever I was pregnant with her, actually. And she was, I, I remember in my dream, she was like a little newborn baby, but she was walking. And I told him, I said, it was the strangest dream because she was a newborn walking. Well, if you knew Kayla or back then or whatever, if you, our family can attest to that, she was so tiny. She started walking when she was nine months old. And instead of just walking, she would do this. Most kids would do this. Remember, you have a daughter. She'll be a dancer in the house of the Lord. She would do this. God gave me the very desire of my heart because I believed. I had the desire I prayed for the desire. We believed and persevered through that, through the obstacles and the opposition. Don't let, don't let the enemy lie to you. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. You press on because God's a God that will come through for you if you won't give up. If you'll begin, continue to be a woman and a man of faith. And listen, example it to others. That's the biggest thing. Don't, don't live in a world where you're living your negativity and you're hurt, like I said in the beginning, out. Be a woman of faith. Be an example to others. You may not be a mother, but you know what? You influence somebody. You influence somebody. You may never have children, 
But God will put people in your path that you will mother, that you will have impact on. I, I remember just one more little story. I remember my nephew, Chris. You've probably seen him here before. He's like this big bodybuilder guy. I mean, he's, God's still working on him. But you know what? Anytime he gets in trouble, you know where he comes? Right here. Because he knows what we believe and he knows what we example. And whenever he was little, before I had kids, Pastor Robert and I would pick him up and we, we would take him to church with us. We would bring him to church with us. And um, he's got seed in him and God's not done. And that's one of the things I'm still believing for and I'm still pressing for. And I know God's going to turn things around because yes. he's not a man that he would lie. And if we'll believe it, he'll do it. Amen. Yes. Yes, amen. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. How many received something from this today? And, you know, it's one thing whenever I share some of these things, but whenever Pastor Stacey shares it, there's a unique perspective that she walked through that I didn't actually walk through. You know, everybody sees the same thing that's happening through different eyes. But this is the deal. If we will, be, uh, if we will only believe, regardless of who we are, number one, we can begin to affect other people around us. And number two, we can begin to change the world even that we're living in. And we can see God do powerful things. How many of you have some situations right now where you need to see God show up? You need a breakthrough. You need to, listen, I'm telling you, if you will practice these principles, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. And what? You shall have them. You know what? We believed that we, were ha we had a daughter before we ever saw her. We didn't wait till we had it to believe it. We believed when we prayed. We believed, we said, you will live and not die. Done, praise God. I know there are contrary circumstances right now, but we declare you will live and not die. Listen, some of you believe in God for kids. You need to begin to say that, you will live and not die. Believing for prodigals, you will live and not die. Can everybody just say this, you will live and not die. I want you to speak to your prodigal right now and say, you will live and not die. Come on, say it, you will live and not die. Come on, declare it again. You will live and not die. Be bold about it. You will live and not die. In the name of Jesus, lift your hands to the Lord and pray this with me. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that I am a person of faith. I am your child, and I will act like your child. And the same faith that you have, I have on the inside of me. And I will use that faith to see things changed within my life, to influence others for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you give the Lord a praise this morning? Come on, give him a praise. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.